Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. Happy Halloween! Cue the scary music. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Alice and Aletha. Al, how you doing on this fine Hallow's Eve day? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I am. It's Halloween, and I kind of feel like everybody celebrated Halloween yesterday. But, <laughs> like, all the parties and stuff were yesterday. And, I mean, I expect to get a couple trick-or-treaters tonight, maybe, because we have some new kids in the neighborhood this year, so hopefully. But aside from that, I don't know. I'm kind of... I feel like as I get older, Halloween is less exciting. Yeah, I, I feel that. Actually, so... Sam and I were talking yesterday. We're looking at some of our friends. They're all dressed up. They got great costumes. And she's like, are we boring? Because yeah. like, it didn't even cross our minds to like do anything for Halloween. We yeah. don't have any costumes. Nothing. So I was like, yeah, kind of. But that's okay. Um, but I, I'm expecting a ton of kids actually this year. Because this is, this is our first Halloween in our new house. We moved oh, yeah. in last uh, November. So we just missed it. But we're in a very young community. So like, there's there's a lot of kids. So we... We bought a lot of candy, and we were ready, but then, it, I don't know how we didn't think of this, but we were just like, oh man, a bunch of kids shouting and ringing our doorbell, our 11-month-old puppy is going to go absolutely berserk oh, tonight, yeah. so <laughs> I think we're, we're going to be in for a long night, um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure year. what we're going to do. Yeah. A year for years to come, for sure. I think we're going to try and take him to the park, tire him out, you know, make him run a few laps and oh, uh, see if idea. that helps. I don't think it will, but, you know, we have to try. Uh, so no costume for you this year, Al? Nothing? Uh, no, no costume for me this year. I, I don't know. Maybe in the future years I'll finally get the, the bug to dress up. But I will, a little cute anecdote is my sister and her boyfriend were dressing up. And they came in and showed me their costumes. But then he saw my Mando helmet, and he put it on and grabbed my baby Yoda, and he's like, I could totally be Mando. So that was kind of fun to take pictures of him in the Mando helmet, but they still went dressed up as what they intended. It was just kind of cute. There you go. That, that would be a, a good, easy little costume to do, I feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Did, what about a pumpkin? Did you carve a pumpkin? Okay. Because <laughs> so I, I think tried. you were supposed to. And I, I was supposed tried. to, and I didn't either, actually. So we were carving with um, uh, my sister's boyfriend. He hangs out at our house a lot, and he has a son. So three-year-old little Milo was carving with us, and he wanted to help everybody. And if you didn't let him help, he, he got upset. So basically, I tried, and when I was starting to fail, I just let him come and destroy it. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely a day and a mess, and I was very disappointed in my attempt, but I tried. Yeah, we 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 originally had blocked off Friday night to do like a family uh, jack o' lantern carving, and I was gonna do a Zelda themed jack o' lantern, of course, for uh, for the article, which I'll plug in a second, and that ended up not actually happening uh friday night you know sometimes when families get together the the night doesn't go exactly as planned yeah. right uh maybe some words exchanged so yeah we did not end up carving our pumpkin so i've just got this giant pumpkin sitting on my table upstairs and i'm like am i really gonna carve this thing like today after i'm done recording and before all the kids come over to my house in, in a couple hours like i don't know i don't think so probably not it's a, it's a lot of work like when you're a kid, you don't realize how much work your parents are actually putting into it to help you get these car the pumpkins carved. But when you're an adult, you're like, dang, this is 
work. It's a mess. I don't know. Like, maybe we are really just getting older and Halloween overall is just not that fun. <laughs> yeah, either that or we're just like a couple we're of really comradians, just old people <laughs> yelling at clouds. Um, but oh, no. <laughs> we did. We did have a bunch of really cool Zelda jack-o'-lantern designs. And uh, we, we asked the Zelda Dungeon staff this year... If you're making a pumpkin, make it Zelda-themed so that we can collect all of the different jack-o'-lanterns and we put it into an article. The article is over on Zelda Dungeon right now. So go check it out. There's some really cool pumpkins in there. Uh, there's some based on Majora's Mask. There's some based on Navi. There's some based on the Hylian Shield. Uh, I think there's CDI Ganon in there. Nice. Uh, it, it, there's lots of really cool stuff and people that are way better at making pumpkins than I am. So it's it's really <laughs> cool to see. And uh, it was really fun, and I can't wait to do that for for next year as well. I almost slipped a Metroid pumpkin. I think if I would have had the the Friday night pumpkin, I might have just uh, made a Samus pumpkin instead and just yeah. slipped that in. You know. I um I actually saw some pictures when I was looking up my inspiration for some. I might have sent them to you, but they were uh, like Samus and then little baby Metroid, and I was like, it's so cute. Oh. I want to do it. Um. Well. That being said, that would be very cute. But we are here to talk today about some Zelda, and of course, in particular, because it is Halloween, we are going to be talking about some of the scariest dungeons in the series. But unlike years past, where we've just kind of talked about them and we've detailed things we like, we didn't like, we're we're actually going to definitively rank them. So we will definitively rank the scariest and the best creepy ghoulish scary dungeons and mini dungeons in the zelda series we have let's see here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve we have 12 dungeons 12 areas to get through here also a lot of ground to cover um should we just maybe uh i i, I kind of wrote these down in no particular order why don't we start from the bottom and go up or you know what i'll just pick random ones actually and i'll keep track of them al Sure. And of course, everybody knows the uh, the the way that definitive ranking works. We'll start off with two, and we'll either rank them number one or number two. We'll throw a third in, and we'll either rank that number one, two, or three. The fourth will go in. It'll e either be ranked one, two, three, or four, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all the way down the line until we have our definitive list. Al, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's let's talk some spooky things. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get kicked off with the first little mini area slash mini dungeon of our list here and this is the royal valley from the minish cap and i'm like i said i'm just going to be picking them at random here um it's not a very long segment but it's it's one that i really love because like you go through the graveyard in the minish cap and uh, eventually a crow will steal your key trying to get into the tomb and uh, you have to chase him down dompe's there and he looks great there's some really spooky music. It's uh, it's very charming, but also very very creepy. It's it's a vastly different looking area from the rest of the Minish Cap, when like the dark kind of purple and and blues that are in this area. Um, and then of course you get into the Royal Crypt, which is uh, kind of like a mini dungeon. It's it's also very short, but like essentially there are two there's two paths that you need to take on either side, and you can uh, you can use your sword, and eventually you 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 get in there and you get a, I believe it's a, a golden kinstone piece. Um, I've always been really partial to this area. I just think that it's like, you know, it's just a fun little chase throughout the graveyard. It's it's 
you know, it's it's not very big, it's not very small, but there are some some tricky things that you need to do. You have to there's there's this stone formation in the uh, I want to say the left hand side of the of the Royal Valley where you have to go and like use your four sword and get all the links to push these graves at different times, and it's actually like kind of challenging, especially if you're trying to do it fast. So I, I've always really liked this area. There's a Gibdo in there that you got to fight. So I'm I'm gonna put it at number one out of number one for right now. So <laughs> number one spot. as of right now, it is it is the top. <laughs> Um, I had to look this one up before the show just because I haven't played Minish Cap in so long. Um, so I just, it's not something that I remembered, like, easily. But when I did look it up, I was, like, the first thing that I really noticed that was creepy about it, at least the valley part, is the music or the, like, the ambiance of it was just super, like, ominous sounding. And there was wolves howling. And I thought it felt very different. Um... You know, from, like, Zelda music of the past, especially in, like, spooky dungeons and stuff where, it's, you know, it's obviously dark and creepy, but you're hearing, like, these wolves and you, like, go through this dark kind of maze at first. And, yeah, I was just like, you know what, for Minish Cap, which is kind of, like, one of the cuter Zelda games, it just looks a little bit more charming and stuff. This is, like, definitely a little bit eerie to have in such a, like, light-looking game, if that made any sense. Yeah, totally. Like the the color contrast, I feel like is very like even in the Castor Wilds when you get there, it's kind of like a a dredgy swampy area, but it's still got some upbeat colors. This is very just not that. It's very it, it's still upbeat, but it's very dark palette, very like lots of different colors that you don't see anywhere else in the game. Um, and like I said, it is a small area, but they really maximize their space because they have that kind yeah. of lost woods maze where like you either have to go up or left or down or right or whatever. Um, so you can get a lot of mileage with doing that out of here. And there's a couple different, uh, you know, a couple different ways that you can take. I do love, I think that there, they, you still have some Minish Cap charm here. Because there is a little ghost that is not hostile and he just wants to fuse kinstones with you. <laughs> he just wants, he just wants a kinstone match, buddy. So I, I do love that, that even though it's kind of creepy, it still has that Minish Cap charm. Yep, I agree. So it's, it's very deservedly number one spot for the time being <laughs> out of number one yes um okay so so royal valley currently occupies our top spot here but maybe we need to maybe we need to go with a big gun right away to challenge it here allison Dang. let's talk about another not dungeon but certainly one of the most memorable quests from breath of the wild for me and that is the shrouded shrine and it's kind of funny how, like, a lot of these dungeons on our list today, like, they're they're creepy, but they're creepy because you can't see, or they're dark. Yeah. There's at least, like, three three or four of these dungeons that are just, like, you can't see, and that's what makes it creepy. But I thought that this one, this one always stuck out to me as, like, one of my more favorite side quests of Breath of the Wild, because a lot of them tend to run together. But this one is, I mean, you literally, you can't see very far at all. Um, you're in a, a surround, you're in... Where are you on the map? You're kind of by uh, the Lost Woods, right? Uh, no, not really. You're um, you're more. It's like in the upper northern area. It's kind of along that big chasm up on the top where you're seeing the, all the three lionels up there, and where Dinral kind of floats. It's up in that area. Um, somewhere, somewhere up there. It's like its own little isolated thing, and like you can yeah. see it on the map. 
uh, or like you could see it if you're if you're just like running by and it's like this very dark and creepy kind of ominous thing and when you finally go in it's just uh it's just very unnerving and then the music is very you know it's it's kind of creepy but but subtle as a lot of the music in breath of the wild is one of the things that i think really works about this is that you can kind of see like little bits of, of fire or light from far away and it's kind of like trying to run towards that is uh it, it kind of like it's kind of like giving you hope like maybe this is uh, what i need to have over here and then once you actually get the orb you can you can use that as light um so i, I think that this is a really clever area the worst is like i always tried to go in here with like a, a flame sword or something like that yeah the worst is like if you don't have anything like that this is a pretty arduous uh <laughs> area to to be wandering around literally in the dark I think there's a couple Hinoxes around. There's a couple, there's a couple enemies that you really don't want to mess with. So this one always kind of stuck out to me as like one of the more memorable side quests. And I, I think particularly just like because I always remember like looking at this because you're in that that northern area of Hyrule. Everything's very beautiful. You're kind of you got the fall colors. You've got the lost woods, but like you see this like shroud, like this blackness over this this forest area. So. It looks very ominous. So this one, this one is uh, is pretty high up there, actually, on my list. Al, what about you? Yeah. So this is something that I did. the The cool thing about Breath of the Wild is, like, when you first play it, the first couple times, you're doing everything like you think you should be doing it, and then after that, you're just kind of like, okay, I know how to cheese this now. <laughs> but like the first couple times that I did this, I it was it was very unnerving because it's so you're it's not just like you're in a dark kind of area and you can kind of see things you like can't see anything um mm -hmm. and then sometimes you'll see like a fire keys way off in the distance and they're lighting some grass on fire as they float around or, or there's like wolves in there and stuff so um or i should say wolves or whatever but um Basically, you're trying to navigate, but there's, like, walls in your way, and you can get a torch, and there are, like, lanterns that you could um, light along your way. And I, when I first did it, thought that they would kind of guide me a little bit like how the beginning of the Lost Woods do with the torches. And right. I thought if I kept following these torches, it'll eventually guide me. And maybe they do, but I never figured out where they were trying to lead me because there's just so many. I think it's just trying to help you light the way. And basically, your gist is to get to the Hinox with the orb. And so once I figured that out the first couple of times, I just like flew up in the air and I looked around for the orb. And I was like, oh, this is where I got to go. But when you're just trying to do it the right way, it's definitely very like it's not like super spooky. It's just like I don't like being in a dark space like that and not being able to see what I'm doing. It sometimes gets a little frustrating. So it's, like, creepy in the sense, like you said, you can't see anything. Like, it's just absolute pitch darkness, and you're just trying to navigate through that by, you know, visual markers around you that are hard to come by. So, like, when you first do it, I think it's really creepy. But once you know the gist of it, it's pretty easy to just, like, fly through and get the orb. So I'd say for now it's in the number one spot, but I don't see it staying there for very long. Yeah, I, I think I could agree with that. It's uh, it's a creepy shrine. There's it's a little bit more substantial than Royal Valley. Yeah. Not as charming, but I think in the in the context of our list, we want the scariest, the the creepiest. Uh, yeah. And this one I, I think is is a little bit above Royal Valley. So yeah, I, I think maybe number one 
for Shrouded Shrine for right now. Number two for Royal Valley. Um, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about an actual dungeon here. And uh, let's see. What, what, what should we pick here? Let's uh, let's do the Spirit's Grave from Oracle of Ages. Okay. I actually I actually really like this dungeon. It's first of all, it's a great intro dungeon. It's the first dungeon that you that you come across in Oracle of Ages. And it's like it's very on the nose Halloween themed, which is just like very charming. It's in an actual like yeah, like it's actually in like a graveyard, which is which is nice. Uh you get to fight maybe one of the most awesome final bosses in this game. Uh, I think it's Pumpkinhead. He's yeah. literally just a Pumpkinhead. Not a very challenging fight, but it's like, how can you not love a dude with a literal pumpkin on his head? You know, the one thing that I will say that this dungeon maybe doesn't do particularly well is the actual colors and and theme of the dungeon itself look... I mean, they look like every other 2D Zelda dungeon, but I do have a little bit of a soft spot for this. There are some ghosts, there are some some classic candle puzzles or torch puzzles where you have to light up the... uh, the torches to make things appear. It's an opening dungeon, so obviously it's not going to be as in-depth as some of the other dungeons that we will talk about here. But I I have a soft spot for this, mostly uh, mostly for my boy Pumpkinhead. Yeah, I would think um and it's kind of funny cuz we'll talk about um we'll talk about the Oracle of Seasons dungeon in a bit, but I kind of feel like if they combined the two, it would have been it would have like uh been a little bit more substantial creepy wise cuz with the with uh spirit's grave it it's very halloweeny but but like that's the point is like it's kind of like cheesy halloween ish you've got the graveyard around it which is super nice like kind of like for the atmosphere the trees are like these ghouly faces and they're kind of creepy and there's a little bit of ghosts around and stuff like that and it feels like the outside is more dark and like spooky than the inside of the dungeon because you go inside the dungeon and like you said the colors it just looks like any other 2d you know um zelda dungeon so you kind of lose that effect when you go inside but you are fighting some ghosts you fight like the sub boss is like this giant ghost boy i i think he's called giant genie or something so he's like a genie but a ghost looking pillsbury thing I think genie's how you would say that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but he's not very like spooky or anything or creepy. He's just kind of corny. He's orange. <laughs> he's orange. And then yeah, Pumpkinhead is awesome. But again, it's just kind of like this goofy little Halloween gimmick thing. So while it's cute and charming in that it's trying to be a little bit scary and Halloweeny, it's not very scary. If that makes. I guess, sense. yeah any sense i i do i just i see i just respect pumpkin head you know <laughs> i just i respect him for for the pumpkin on his head for for being the, the first the first boss that you fight in the game uh we've seen we've seen creepy dungeons up to this point but this guy just fully embraced it yeah i, I mean the uh you know obviously the limitations of the game boy color hold yeah. this back from being probably what it could have been uh, but you know what, even saying that, actually, there are some, even in the Link's Awakening remake for the Switch, um, even those dungeons, actually, I feel like weren't exactly what they could have been too theme-wise. Like, they they certainly looked better. The music was certainly better. But they still had, um, I don't know, like a, a little bit of 
of genericness to them. And I wonder if that was just because they used the same structure of like each individual room scales and it doesn't like free flow into the next room. Yeah. There's probably yeah. a term for that. I don't know what it is, but that, that could have been, that could have been why that was where as instead of like, you know, each room just feels very small in that game. So maybe, I guess what I'm saying, maybe if they ever do decide to do the, the Oracle games and give them another spin, maybe they should consider having dungeon scale, but then, I mean, they would probably feel even smaller than they do. So maybe not, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Al, where are you putting the spirit's grave on our list? Um, I mean, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy Pumpkinhead like the next guy, but I kind of feel like Royal it's Valley last. is a little bit creepier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this one's last. As much as uh, as much as Pumpkinhead, yeah, is awesome, and uh, the ghost, the orange ghost, is awesome. The setting is great, but I mean, if we're being honest, the setting of Royal Valley is is a little bit better, and and of course the the setting of Shrouded Shrine, I feel like is you know, the reason that it's a number one right now. So, right. yeah, I, I think last is fine. Do you want to keep on the, the Oracle bandwagon here since yeah. we're uh, since we're going? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so next up is the Explorer's Crypt. And this one is actually kind of a cool dungeon because you this is the one where you have to go and, like, do the uh, the gimmicks with all the pirates and, yeah. and, and the, like, the ghost pirates to get into this actual dungeon. So... I think that this one is, uh, setting-wise, is pretty neat. It's not in a graveyard, necessarily, or, like, somewhere that you might think is creepy. But, um, once you actually teleport into, uh, like, the area that it's in, it is in, like, kind of this lonely little dark, uh, area or whatever. So, I'm, I, you know what, I'm in, and I'm actually going to give this dungeon props, because this dungeon, compared to the Spirit's Grave, looks a lot more vibrant. It's a lot darker, there are some purples, uh, it, it looks just a little bit more scary, even though it is, you know, basically the same thing as we just talked about. But, um, yeah, this one has, I mean, the music isn't really, you know, a strong point in any of the Oracle games. Um, but it does have some pretty cool puzzles in it. Uh, lots of, uh, Stalfos, as you might imagine. Um, not really, like, it's not really themed around being scary. I believe that this is the, the dungeon where you get, um, the either the rocks cape or the magnet gloves so you use both of them fairly extensively in this dungeon and that that's what really the gimmick of uh, this dungeon is but i think that uh you know for what it is at least it kind of looks a little bit more scary than the spirit's grave dungeon, which is ironic because that is obviously you know meant to be a halloween dungeon um so yeah i, I think that i would put this one above spirit's grave but probably below everything else so i mean it also gets props because you know our boy gleok is is back as the the final boss which is pretty cool to see but doesn't really fit the scary theme but hey that's okay he gets a pass because he's gleok <laughs> um i actually completely agree with its placement because um like you said if the colors they actually made it look like it was themed to be creepy and dark and it's funny because I feel like if they kind of put that color scheme in Spirit's Grave, it would have given it another kick in the pants to be I agree. more, like, scary. So they didn't. And then with this one, I feel like it it was a little bit spooky themed. Um, getting up to it, you're talking to a bunch of ghost pirates and stuff like that. I remember this whole portion of this game being so long, but because <laughs> that's like the seventh dungeon, right? So at that point, we're... we're we were had already done like 17 dungeons so we were exhausted but um 
it's it's it tries. It just doesn't have the same kind of Halloween shtick that you know Spirit's Grave was trying to have. So I feel like if they combined them, they would have been really good, like as one. Yeah. Um, uh, Leon, like, totally. I feel, is like he's a cool boss and he wasn't creepy at first it was kind of just like oh cool i'm running up on gliok but then you like chop off his heads and he's like this weird headless bony dragon body thing and i was like you know what you're totally right yeah i forgot about that Yeah, yeah that is creepy that is a little bit creepy so while pumpkin head is awesome and just so cool and unique to the zelda series you got this weird like headless bony dragon thing running around and i was like yeah this is a little weird so it's it overall gives it a little bit scarier vibe but still not enough to go over royal valley yeah i agree yeah um okay well as you can probably tell i'm I'm pacing this list to start off with some of the the smaller ones and we'll we'll end up with the big guns towards the end but i think maybe it's time that we throw a big gun or what i think is going to be a big gun Onto our list here, Allison, and talk about the Earth Temple from yeah. The Wind Waker. I'm going to let you take the floor. Go ahead. Okay, Earth Temple. Yes, I actually really like this dungeon. It's super spooky. I, it's definitely going to go number one on the list as of the list right now. So you kind of go into it thinking, like, Earth, it's going to be, you know, Earthfish themed or whatever, but it's super dark, super ghouly. You've got these creepy AF re-deads everywhere that scream bloody murder and jump on you you got giant stalfos that pop out of the ground and like just sweet you're just this little kid staring up at this giant creature and those are scary um the floor masters are super gimmicky in this game and i absolutely hate them but those are creepy too and the overall like the music the vibe the darkness the like the smoke that comes up from the ground that kind of mobilizes you from using any of your items or weapons, especially when there's a floor master around, is terrifying. Um, I like that you use light in this dungeon to kind of guide you a little bit and get past some of those obstacles, like the re-deads, it'll stun them. Um, it gets rid of some of that vapor, and it solves puzzles and stuff. So you use light to kind of help you get to the end. And then, of course, you got Jalhala, and while he's kind of, like, goofy Ugh. or whatever, he he's just kind of not the spookiest thing in the world. He's still a little bit creepy in, like, the visual and some of the things that he could do to you, like taking over your body and making you go all haywire and run into spikes and stuff. So, overall, like, of the things that we've talked about, this is definitely, like, the creepiest creepy dungeon so far. Yeah, it's going number one on my list, for sure, as of right now. Um, for Almost for the music alone, actually. Yeah. The music is so good. It's like just this pounding, like... Oh, dude, it's so good. Um, just completely sets the tone for this dungeon. I, I do have a few issues with the actual dungeon itself. And my biggest issue is, like, the name of it. And this, this really yeah. bothers me, and I don't know why it bothers me so much, but, like... This is clearly a a tomb or a crypt or something. It's it, it's it's got nothing to do with the earth. Nothing. And I can hear people saying like, "Oh, well if you if you bury someone in a in a tomb or a casket, they go into the earth." And like, no. When I think of earth, I think of like lush plants, I think of moving rocks, I think of uh, flora, fauna, all of that stuff. I do not think of like this shadowy dark crypt. So just just throwing that out there to get it out of the way. 
Um, the actual dungeon, I think, is probably the strongest of the Wind Waker. But I also feel like that's not really saying a whole lot because I think that the dungeons are like fairly eh from that game. Um, one thing that holds this one back gameplay-wise is the you have Medley with you and you know controlling her is kind <laughs> of a pain in the butt. But in the context of our list, just talking about what's the most scary, what's the most spooky, it's really hard to argue with this dungeon. I mean, it's dark, it's dank there's it, got like the creepy redeads it's got uh the like i mean those redeads are just horrifying i was just looking at a picture right now um, yeah. it's got the stalfos in there that you have to fight very creepy scenery maybe the one thing that i would say i don't like is that it's like it's too murky and too dark like i, I think that you can be scary while still having a little bit of color a little bit of vibrancy and i feel like that's maybe missing from the earth temple um this it actually is like a twilight princess dungeon when you think about it um i do like all the light puzzles i think those are cool i think that the the tone of the final boss though is like completely off from the rest of the dungeon like uh when by the time that you get to jalhalla and he's just this like dancing goof um it, it just doesn't to me it doesn't fit the tone of the earth temple and I think that Jalhalla by itself could be a fun boss, but like that's the type of boss that you would expect to see in more of like a whimsical area, like the Royal Valley or Spirit's Grave or something. He, he just he always felt like he didn't quite fit to me. Um, the actual fight itself is is pretty fun, but uh, yeah, that that one's always stuck out to me as well. But in the context of our list as it is right now, easily number one. Yeah, 100%. Number one spot right there. I don't see it staying there for long, but it's a very good contender, especially when you consider, like, the overall atmosphere of Wind Waker. It's super kind of, like, light, cel-shaded colors, especially in HD. It's really beautiful outside, but then you kind of deep dive into this crypt thing, and it's like, this is not, like, this is way contrasting what I was experiencing up on the ocean, you know? So it did, I think it did a really good job, at least of being insanely creepy. It, it definitely is creepy. Um, so speaking of creepy, let us go over to another creepy dungeon, an underrated dungeon. And this is the only game on our list that has two separate entries. We are going to talk about the Skullwoods from A Link Between Worlds. This is a contender for number one for me, Allison, I'm not going to lie. Um, this this very well could be my number one dungeon if you, if you push it over the edge. I think that the setting is creepy. Um, you know, of course, you're in the Lost Woods. Well, and the Lost Woods isn't necessarily, you know, creepy itself. But, you know, you can get lost in there. You turn into a, a, a fairy spirit if you're gone for too long. But then you actually get into the actual dungeon. It's very dark. It's, uh, it's kind of got these, these luminescent, like, green lights on the wall they they add a lot to the actual dungeon i feel like but the main gimmick of this dungeon is that you have um the giant hand whose name is escaping me right now uh, would that be a wall master um you mean like just the regular enemies or the boss boss no like the 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 giant hand that follows you around that you gotta he punches yeah, the switches the and he... okay just the wall master okay so you get this wall master following you around. This thing will not go away. And you actually, I mean, first of all, wall masters are like 
the worst thing in a Zelda dungeon, and they only appear in the creepy dungeons, and we all know the feeling of getting zapped by a wall master and taken back to the start of the dungeon. It's the absolute worst feeling that you can have while playing Zelda. Um, but this thing follows you around pretty much the whole dungeon, and you actually use it to your advantage a couple different times to hit switches to do you know, other, other unique things in this dungeon. So I think that that is like a really cool mechanic. But when you actually get to the final boss, um, his name is, is escaping me. I can't remember what it is. I think it's like a, the, basically like the big wall master, but this guy has like this iron gauntlet. This guy's got Thanos's gauntlet and he's <laughs> slamming down the stage that you're fighting on. The ground is literally falling away. It's so cool. It's such a, it's such like a, a wicked ending to the dungeon. Um, it's, it, this is like really a contender I feel like for for my top spot especially because I really like the dungeons that you kind of you go out of back into the overworld and drop back in I like that in a link to the past as well but I feel like this dungeon is just a little bit more dynamic in the way that it does it um yeah I, I'm I'm a big fan of this dungeon there's and of course there's a staple parts where like everything's dark you got to light up the room and uh, you know all that good stuff but yeah really clever design awesome boss awesome use of the wall masters what do you say um, I, I do like this dungeon and I do think it's creepy. I wouldn't say I'd place it as high, but, um, it's got some ominous music going on, of course, and that just adds to the vibe. It's got some spooky en enemies, like, you know, the, the Gibdos, the, um, uh, wall masters are definitely a pain. God, I hate wall, ma wall masters and floor masters are probably one of my number one enemies in, in, any Zelda game, especially um, A Link to the Past, while monsters are just my nightmare. But um, <laughs> I did think it was really cool that you were able to use the wall masters to solve the puzzles, as you said. So that was pretty awesome. And it's like creepy too. Like the way it wiggles as it follows you is just, it's just unnerving. Um, I do also really like going outside with dungeons because it kind of like adds to the whole effect of it going to a different area and like being able to go outside and fall down a hole. My only problem with it in A Link Between Worlds, I feel like they did it a little bit better in A Link to the Past, is it interrupted the eeriness of the dungeon. Because you go outside in A Link Between Worlds, it's a little bit cuter. The music is a little bit lighter. It's a little remixed, so... It just kind of takes away from the overall creepy feeling, whereas in A Link to the Past, you go outside and the dark world theme is just a lot heavier, I guess I would say. it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just not as lighthearted as it is in A Link Between Worlds. So I feel like that kind of takes it away, a, away from the creepiness a little bit. But overall, it's like a good, solid, kind of spooky dungeon. And if I were to place it somewhere... I think I would place it number two for now. I can I can accept that. Yeah, I, I can accept that placement. Um, yeah, I, I was going to make an argument for it maybe above Earth Temple, but I do think that the thematics of Earth Temple, the music, it, it's definitely a step above um, Skull Woods. But there is another dungeon from A Link Between Worlds that I think could have a very real shot of getting it number one. Let's go over to A Link to the Past, though and uh, talk about the Dark Palace there. I'm not as high on this one, actually, which is funny because I'm very high on its counterpart in A Link Between Worlds, as we'll talk about. But there's there's something about this one that's just a little bit... Um, it's a little bit different and, and not as spooky or creepy. And I think it starts off with 
how you actually get to the dungeon. I feel like there's a really awesome setup for getting to the Dark Palace, which we'll talk about um, in A Link Between Worlds. Whereas in A Link to the Past, you you have that monkey and he's trailing around with you and he leads you through the kind of like the little forest maze. Um, and then you get into the actual dungeon itself. And again, it's kind of not fair to, you know, to compare A Link to the Past and A Link Between Worlds because they're made like 20 years apart. However, you get to the you get to the dungeon and like it's just gray. Like the, there's a green floor, there's gray everything, and it kind of just stays that way. And there's not really any enemies that are particularly themed in a way to to kind of make it a little bit more creepier or up the ambiance, if you will. Um, and really, it just mostly stays that way until I believe you can get to the. Uh, the second floor, and then, you know, it's not as great, but then it just looks like Hyrule Castle, or it looks like the rest of, you know, any other dungeon. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that they themed this as well as they could have. There are some areas in here that, you know, the light is missing, and you, you have to light your path, and, and that's, you know, that's fine, but it's it's not it's not very immersive, and I, and I feel bad saying that because I'm sure that, at the time, it was very immersive and, and, like, you know, not being able to see was creepy. But something about it doesn't really work for me. Uh, the Helmosaur King is the the final boss of this dungeon. And he also doesn't really kind of fit the the theme of, like, a, a spooky, dark dungeon. Um, so, yeah, this one is... I feel like this one's actually pretty low on my list. I, I might I might say it's actually last. Um, you know what? I agree. Um, it's just, and like you said, it's kind of unfair. It's just, it's, it's been, it's one of those things that's kind of degraded over time. Not in a, like, a horrible, horrible way. It's still a good dungeon. It's just not, when you have, when you have a dark palace from A Link Between Worlds, it's really hard to say that this is a dark palace in A Link to the Past. Like, it's just not. You have the part where you don't have any lights, but it just feels like you're in the sewers again and where you've seen all the rats and stuff and the snakes or ropes or whatever you call them and overall it's just like it seems like a very mellow generic feeling kind of dungeon and it's like is it the first one you do when you go to the dark world in this game i feel like it is yes so it's a good intro dungeon to the dark world i feel but it's not very spooky it doesn't have the atmosphere that we're kind of rating on this list so we're not saying, well, at least for me, I'm not saying it's a bad dungeon by any means. It's just not a good spooky dungeon. For y- yes, that's very important distinction to make because I, I don't think that A Link to the Past has any bad dungeons. I really yeah. don't. Like they're all, they're, they're all at the solid. very least, they're all solid and functional. And at the very best, they're like really intricate, well-designed puzzles. But kind of like we, what we were talking about with um, the Game Boy Color games, it's like you can only really do so much. Mm-hmm on the technology that you had at the time so and especially in the design that zelda takes and like top-down zelda games where like you go room by room by room um so it it makes it a little bit tough definitely but uh, i want to talk about its counterpart the dark palace from a link between worlds and i'm gonna say this is my number one on this list so far first of all you have the awesome build-up to get into here where you're going through the uh, the the forest maze and like there is all the uh, the moblins or whatever that are 
you know, they've got their laser vision that are looking out for you and you have to wall merge in order to sneak past them. Really great sequence. We talked about it on our stealth sequence, um, but it's very creepy too because it's dark and you've got these ominous looking Cyclops things with their, I think that, you know, they're, the, the red rings are, are just supposed to show you their field of vision, but they're unintentionally like terrifying actually because they just look like they're going to murder you. But then yeah. you actually get into the dungeon and it's very, very dark, as you might expect a dark palace to be. But it's it's not it's not like pitch black either. Like there's there's color, there's ambiance. It, it actually almost looked like there's like Christmas lights in this dungeon, which I don't know for some reason I just really love. Um, so you do have this dark dungeon, and it fits the theme, but you still do have this personality, I guess, to the dungeon. And you do have those really cool rooms where like. You put out the torches and then your your path is lit by uh, by the moonlight or whatever it is. So those those are really awesome. Um, I mean, and I mean it's a solid dungeon overall as well, just like uh, Dark Palace in a Link to the Past. But I, I do like this one where like you have to go and you have to burn out the different like the the, the shades on the windows so that the light can come in. Um, I was actually stuck on the the opening of this dungeon for like an embarrassingly long time <laughs> when we played it uh, a year or so ago or whatever it was. Um, I, I will still say that I think that the Helmarok King is uh, not exactly the most fitting boss for this area, but, um, you know, this one this one is is definitely a little bit... I think this is, like, what, the Gemisaur or whatever king? Yeah, Gemisaur. Uh, the Gemisaur, yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit... A little bit more creepy looking at least he's got all these like gems like protruding out of his body and it it looks a little bit more creepy than the regular helmarok or helmarok king uh whoever whatever that king's name is but uh i i think the same criticism still applies that uh maybe not the most like thematically fitting boss but yeah i, I think the, overall the entire package from the stealth section to the way that the the darkness is really utilized from here i'm gonna put it at number one on my list do you um do you remember the second phase of the Gemisaur? When you like uh, knock off all the rupees and stuff? Yeah. Like he like makes the room dark and his eyes start glowing and he's like the shadow thing. I thought that was creepy. Yeah, you know what? Actually that is pretty creepy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um yes, yeah, so this is a really cool dungeon in that it's uh it does a really good job being spooky. I I feel like I'm repeating all the same words. Dark, spooky, creepy. Sorry, but that's what we're going for this episode. Um, I don't know if anybody else... I'm, you know what? I'm certain that a lot of people have felt this in their childhood. You know when you're like... Your parents are like, okay, go turn the lights off in the living room or something. And you like turn the lights off and you're like, I have to run to the nearest light source as fast as I can because the ghouls are going to get me or something because it's spooky in the dark. That's kind of how I felt in this dungeon because it wasn't like pitch black in most of the rooms, if not all. It, but it had like this like this darkness and you could see some shapes of the enemies and stuff and you could kind of see the walls and whatnot unless you were in those rooms with the light up walls and the light up floors that was different but this you like it's it's just not lit so it's like creepy and you're like I kind of want to get through this room as fast as possible because it's like weird being in this it's it's just different for Zelda I feel and so because mm -hmm. you just can't see stuff unless you're using light so I really liked that in that it was it did a good job being creepy in that way. And then the rooms that had like the luminescent walls and floors to help you solve puzzles were also cool because those were like pitch black and but you still had a light source 
that you could kind of follow as fast as you can because it was creepy. Um, and then, like, the puzzles did a good job keeping you immersed in that darkness and in that creepiness. So overall, like, I thought that was really cool. And, of course, the Gemasaur second phase, like, the first phase, I agree with you. It was just kind of, like, it kind of didn't fit. But the second phase, I was just like, oh, this, this makes sense because he makes it all dark. And then his eyes are glowing and he's super fast. And he is that thing you're running from in the dark. So I, I, I thought overall this was a really good, like, creepy dungeon. I think... The only thing that's holding me back from putting it at number one is just some of the things in in the Earth Temple are just so unnerving to me, just super unsettling. So I feel like that's scarier. But, I mean, I wouldn't argue it being in first place. I just feel like Earth Temple is a little bit better at being scary. You know what? We can put it in number two. I think that's fine because um, I don't think the Earth Temple is going to remain at the top of the pack for long let's go through the list really quickly here actually so number one we have the earth temple number two dark palace number three skull woods uh number four from a link between worlds by the way Uh, number four shrouded shrine number five royal valley number six explorer's crypt number seven spirit's grave and number eight the dark palace we have uh i think four more to go is that uh, is that correct and let's start off with one that i think might surprise you, Allison, that I'm going to put pretty high up on my list. Ooh. And that is the ghost ship from Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> now, as we all know, the DS controls are junk. And we don't need to beat that up, okay? However, I think that in this game, this is a really nicely themed thematic dungeon that does a really good job of being spooky. It doesn't look like every other dungeon in the game which is very important because at this point, I think you're on Temple of the Ocean King trip four or five. So to see a dungeon that looks different is is a win in and of itself. The central theme of the dungeon, which is rescuing all of the, uh, what are they, sisters? Yeah, the Cubist sisters. All right, so rescuing all those. I mean, it definitely invokes the Forest Temple. It definitely invokes the, uh, the Arbiter's Grounds. But I think that it is a theme that works. Um, and... At the and, and actually, before I get there too, I love the fog effects that come into this game. It looks very, I don't know, it just looks very atmospheric. All the fog coming in and it really adds, I think, to to the ambiance of it. And then you have a really fun boss fight against uh, the Cuba sisters at the end, where like it's it's surprising actually. Um, I think you are. What what do you do in this in this boss fight again, Al? You're making like uh lines or something i I can't remember but i remember thinking that it was actually pretty fun um so basically i love this boss fight unless i'm speedrunning because then it's a pain and it's a troll but basically they're in the top screen and they're shooting like laser balls at you and you do the dead man's volley or the tennis that is so popular with zelda but you're using the stylus controls so yeah you are kind of trying to draw a line to swipe fast enough to you know send the beam back and then you just, like, one at a time take out the sisters until there's one left, and then you are just, like, volleying for your life. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty fun. Uh, you know, fun boss battle, good ambiance. The music isn't very good, but, I mean, the, the music of, of Phantom Hourglass really isn't, so it's not, you know, <laughs> it's that, that kind of is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that as far as a themed, creepy dungeon goes... I mean, this is, you know, this is pretty high up there. I, I might be 
even willing to rank it like number two or number three, depending on what you think. Okay. Um, I think overall the ambience is very good. It's, um, y- you know, like there's, the, I-, I feel like Phantom Hourglass does a good job with its dungeons. Like the puzzles are good. They do a really good job with the themes and um, having a variety of enemies and that kind of thing. So they d- they had a good themed spooky quote unquote dungeon. And the Cubist sisters, I feel like, are the creepiest part, though. Like, I, the rest is you're kind of just moving through this creepy ambiance with fog and, you know, Skulltula's dropping down, scaring the sisters. You've got a couple of the, like, uh, Bellum guards. I don't, I don't know what the ghosty ones are called. Um, but they pop up towards, like, when you're almost done getting the sisters um and another will pop up if you accidentally step on the wrong button or something of that nature or open a chest or something so that makes it a little more stressful i think it's like rather than being entirely creepy it's just a little bit stressful because you're trying to make your way through without the sisters getting scared or getting caught by the uh the bellum ghost and i but like overall and the boss fight's great but overall i feel like the creepiest part is like you got these sweet little sisters that you're trying to help and then they turn and it's obvious but at the same time it's just like super eerie how they flip and it's like yetta from twilight princess where she just like freaks out and her head spins 180 and she has this creepy face that's kind of how the cuba sisters are so i feel like they're the creepiest part of it like the vibe is good the atmosphere is good but the scary part is the cuba sisters so i would put it definitely below dark palace a link between worlds maybe even may maybe i would keep it below there like below dark palace i was thinking below skull woods but no i I don't think so I i think we have to give certain you know certain considerations to in my opinion a very mediocre Zelda game having a very fantastic segment of it that really does its job and like getting the ambiance and the, you know, the atmosphere up to a level that it really isn't at any other place in the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that special consideration has to be made for that. So yeah, I, I'm fine with it at number three on our list so far. Let's get to some heavy hitters here, Allison, because we have, uh, we only have three left. Let's and they're all they're all pretty heavy hitters. Let's start off with Iconic Castle slash I'm gonna butcher this. Beneath the well. Is it beneath the well or bottom of the well on Majora's Mask? <laughs> I don't remember. Gotta, I don't remember. Gotta either. ask Catherine. <laughs> Anyways, the the part where you're beneath the well. Right, you're at the bottom of the well. That's okay. what we're talking about. And they're getting into uh Iconic Castle. Very creepy. Again, not a full fledged dungeon, but uh, you know, first of all the the, the part under the well is, like, creepy in its unsettling nature, where, like, you, you're you literally talking to all the Gibdos and are asking for just weird stuff, like bugs or milk or just weird weird items like that. So it's just, uh, it, it's unsettling, I guess would be the right word. Um, you know, very kind of creepy atmosphere down there. Lots of, like, really gold colors, which is kind of strange. But, um... Yeah, very, very unsettling and not subverting expectations, I feel like is is really kind of underrated in terms of like when you're talking about horror and how when you subvert expectations, that can be really unsettling. So when you're talking to these Gibdos, it just doesn't feel right. And that feeling kind of lingers with you. So it's like, ugh, okay. Um, but then you actually get to Iconic Castle, uh, you know, 
very very decrepit very derelict castle it's got the again it's got redeads inside and again subverting expectations if you have your gibdo mask on they just start doing the can can dance and it's like super super creepy um you know all the crows are everywhere it's just a very lifeless place um lots of lots of good atmosphere i i think that the one drawback of it is that you you almost will assuredly have to go and get uh the, the powder keg bomb because you unless you're really optimizing your run you almost for sure don't have it with you so you're gonna have to leave and then come back with it later but then you go and you fight uh king ikana and that's kind of a cool fight the only downfall about that is that the end the cinematic lasts absolutely forever <laughs> and ever and ever but a really strong uh really strong area i think I agree. Um, I think the entirety of Akana Canyon or whatever that whole area is called just kind of adds to the atmosphere because it's just this like dead valley feeling place. So you have to go through it to get to the well and you have to go through it to get to the castle. And it's just like overall it adds to the atmosphere that you're in this really dead kind of creepy you get goosebumps being in there which is like a big deal when you're like freaked out. So I really appreciate that, and I get what you're saying about, you know, subverting expectations because, you know, if you're a person with anxiety and you're used to things being a certain way and then all of a sudden you've got dancing giddos or you got this creepy music playing from a house or you're talking to re-deads who are asking you for stuff, that's weird. A lot of things in Majora's Masses are weird like that. It's just like this weird trip that's going on. You don't know what the heck the producers and creators were even on when they were creating this section of the game. But it, it's just like, it's creepy. It gives me like chills just thinking about some of the things that you're seeing. Because it's not like, you know, jump scare at you scary. But you just kind of like, what the heck? This is not what I'm expecting and it's weird. And you kind of just get this like bleh feeling. So, mm -hmm. but overall, the dungeon, like the mini dungeon of Akana Castle, is really good and satisfying to me better than So Tower Temple. I know a lot of people disagree, and that's fine. But I just like how it connects with the area overall and um, the ambiance overall, the atmosphere. It just, it all connects, whereas Stone Tower Temple is kind of its own thing. So I just really like that, and it, you kind of keep that creepy vibe throughout that whole area. So I like it. I wouldn't put it at number one, I don't think. Um, I wouldn't either. Where no. would you put it? Um, I would put it... Um, I don't know. I almost want to say beneath the ghost ship, to be honest. Hmm. That, that feels like pretty low to me. That but, does feel uh, a little low. I, I think... I think that's where I might put it. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't what about object. You? I'm not objecting. I think that's fine. All I right. feel like our last two are the big hitters. Like, so I'm okay yeah. with that. The the battle for number one is really be between these last two dungeons, which is why I saved them for last, as you can probably guess. Uh, so let's just, uh, let's get into it. Which one do you want to start off with? Uh, let's start with Arbiter's Grounds. Let's do it. All right. Arbiter's Grounds. Arbiter's Grounds is one of the best dungeons in the Zelda series. And so for everybody on the iTunes reviews that is just like, I'm tired of this Spateria guy taking a dump all over Twilight Princess. Here it is. Arbiter's Grounds is one of the best dungeons in the series. I'm going to say it again. 
This is such a fantastic dungeon from start to finish. The setting is absolutely awesome. The place where Ganondorf was literally executed. I, I mean, that's just awesome stuff in the in the wasteland of Gerudo Desert. Uh, with the lead up of like going through the Gerudo Fortress to get there. It is spooky. It has the, the classic like four pose that you have to defeat. Um, it makes really good use of both human form and wolf form. I love following the scents inside of the inside of the dungeon. There are redead knights, which are just like these heavy hitting enemies. There are so many just creepy enemies inside of this dungeon, like the little skull guys that slow you down, and then the the redeads that grab onto you. I think that the pose themselves actually look like very creepy. You get all the rats that that just suck to your body. They're ugh, they're just they're terrible. Um, so yeah, I think that thematically this dungeon is is absolutely awesome. It very much feels like like this this execution area because that's what it. I mean, that's what it is where people go to die. So it it, it does this in a very like I think that it would have been pretty easy to do just like a, a updated shadow temple and like you know have the creepy theme of it, but it just kind of carved its own identity where it's like this desert area and i i've just always thought that it was did that really well um of course the uh, the actual dungeon itself the the spinner is awesome the stalor boss fight is awesome that's another one of the most uh, that that's up there with like the best fights in the entire series in terms of final bosses um and then the uh the cutscene after is awesome where you see ganondorf i mean literally you know he dead so uh, yeah this is uh it's easily number one on the list right now. The question is, can it stay number one? Yeah. Um, ooh, this I, I feel like these are going to be a, a struggle uh, put put up against each other. But Arbiter's Grounds, it's just it does so good overall. The overall theme of you're just like in like you said, this is the place where people are like executed. So it's just like creepy in that sense to begin with. But yeah, you got the rats, you got the bugs, which freak me out, and you need, like, the lantern to keep the bugs off of you, because, like, those little black creepy collies getting into your tunic and stuff, that just freaks me out. You've uh, got all the... The Gibdos are so scary in this game, like, compared to, you know, Majora's Mask, um, Ocarina of Time, Gibdos, and Redeads in this game are just absolutely insane looking. So are the Pose. The Pose are just, like ridiculously creepy compared to very lanky flimsy yeah and um i like that they use those versions in like hyrule warriors and stuff and i'm hoping that they'll use those versions in you know breath of the wild too if we get those kind of enemies because they just are so spooky and creepy looking and i hate them but love them at the same time um and the way you fight them as a wolf is cool too so i really appreciate that aspect um stalord is that his name uh, mm-hmm. that boss fight is super satisfying, but it's also got some creepy elements because when you're fighting a giant dragon skeleton head, but you got like the ghouls that will pop up out of the sand and like help protect him when you're trying to hit him with the spinner. So that's kind of creepy. Um, overall, it's just, it does such a good job of being like a scary horror dungeon. I just, I, and I, it's definitely number one for right now. I just don't think it's enough. Okay. You know, I, I do have a knock against this dungeon, actually. And this this is going to sound ridiculous, but hear me out. 
the spinner is almost too fun yeah for for this dungeon you know like it's such a blast just like zip zapping around and like fighting star lord is just like oh my god this is awesome that it kind of loses that that creepy tense feeling and instead you feel like you're you know in tony hawk pro skater it's (laughs) it's just like wow this is great uh so that that's actually the only knock which is ironic that i'm knocking twilight princess for being too fun but there it is uh in (laughs) the context of our list yeah so yeah I, yeah, I, I easily number one, but let's go over to its competition. We knew that this is the way that the list would shake out in the uh, the battle for number one. We knew that it would be between Arbiter's Grounds and, of course, the Shadow Temple from Ocarina of Time. And I have combined the, the well segment from the Shadow Temple just into here because I feel like, you know, they're, they're basically just like the same thing. Yeah. They're extensions of one another. So... Yeah. I feel like, I feel like for me, I think that Arbiter's Grounds is a much better dungeon than the Shadow Temple. However, I feel like in terms of like a creepy, scary dungeon, I think that Shadow Temple might just eke out the the Arbiter's Grounds by just a little bit, even though it doesn't have the same kind of themes. Like, like Arbiter's Grounds is where people go to get executed, and that's creepy in and of itself the shadow temple is just like this creepy general temple but i think that because it did it first this is like there had been some kind of scary dungeons in zelda before you know we talked about the dark palace from a link to the past um you could maybe argue that some of the the dungeons in link's awakening are, are trying to be a little bit more dark than they are but like this is really like the first like scary dungeon in the zelda series and so the different things about this dungeon, the music, first of all, really adds to the ambiance. The The way that the dungeon uses illusions and, um, you know, things that appear to be true but actually aren't, I think really adds to the atmosphere. Um, it's, a, it's a dark dungeon, but there's still a lot of, like, different vivid imagery in it. Like, you have the, the guillotines in some room. You have, like, the big pots in other rooms that you need to throw bombs into. You have... You have the ship, the ghost ship that just sails in the bottom of this temple. So, like, there's a lot of, like, really creepy stuff that is in this dungeon. And I, and I, and I, I mean, not to mention the enemies themselves, Bongo Bongo, Dead Hands. Uh, those are pretty creepy fellows. So, I, I think that, for me, it's just enough to edge the Shadow Temple over Arbiter's Grounds. But I wouldn't be upset if you went the other way. But I think you're with me. I am with you. And you know what? If somebody else did think that Arbiter's Grounds was more spooky and scary, that's fine. Because, like, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like Dead Hand Enough is such a freaking nightmare. You know what? I was 10 years old when I played this game. And some people were younger when they first played this game. So Dead Hand is insanely terrifying. That's like... That's, like, the crap that I wake up from nightmares from and, like, have that paralysis sleep or whatever. And you're, like, you just imagine dead hand freaking over you with his creepy mm. long neck and his gnashers. Like, ugh, he's terrifying. So I feel like that's enough. But the Shadow Temple has plenty of other things that add to the whole experience. Um, that's just very unsettling. I feel like you're going deeper and deeper underground. Um, it almost feels like you're going to, like, the underworld, especially with, um, the boat. It's like that, um, I can't remember, maybe this is Greek or whatever, but you hand the, the 
reaper guy a coin and he takes you to the underworld or whatever that's what that boat feels like and the stalfos in this game are uh, a bit creepy and then you've got the guillotines i particularly keep thinking of that scythe room with the the reapers that are spinning with the scythe and you're trying to get that the silver mm -hmm. rupees i feel like that is like unnerving because i'm trying really hard to run through this room as quickly as possible and not get hacked in half by that spinning scythe thing which is terrifying i i feel like we've been saying words like creepy and spooky and stuff all the way through this episode because there are dungeons that are creepy and spooky but this stuff is like of nightmares that is in the shadow temple plus you can't see half of it and some people run through this dungeon without the lens of truth because they're nuts and speedrunners <laughs> bongo bongo is also this really crazy looking demon thing with detached hands playing on drums and this giant red eyeball and when he's charging you, like when you hit him and he starts charging you on the drum and his got fists and his giant eyeballs coming at you, that's really scary. So I feel that overall this dungeon does a really good job of being nightmarish and terrifying versus spooky and creepy, whereas mm -hmm. the other dungeons have been. So it's definitely number one for me. Well, there you have it. Uh, so let's let's officially read off this list. So number one shadow temple number two arbiter's grounds three earth temple four dark palace five ghost ship from phantom hourglass way to go ghost ship uh, number six <laughs> iconic castle number seven skull woods number eight shrouded shrine number nine royal valley number 10 explorer's crypt number 11 spirit's grave and number 12 dark palace a link to the past there are a few dungeons that i think would deserve an honorable mention on this list that we did not include first and foremost is the forest temple I think that most people yeah. would would you know say that that is a a spooky, scary dungeon and probably should have been on, on this list. And they're probably right since like most of that dungeon revolves around chasing ghosts and like the haunted uh, gallery at the bottom. But I feel like we've talked enough about the Forest Temple and how fantastic that dungeon is that uh, we didn't want to include on this list. If it was on this list, it would be number one for me. It's my mm -hmm. favorite dungeon ever. Um, and also probably we should include just as an honorable mention. The ancient cistern, particularly yeah. the bottom half, where it feels like you go to hell and you're just like, <laughs> it's like shadow bacoblins everywhere, stuff like that. So that that is creepy as well. That would have, I feel like the top half of ancient cistern is just too like gorgeous to yeah. to warrant putting on the actual list. But uh, you know, I, I think that it deserved uh, a little bit of a mention, For and sure. maybe even maybe even the dark realm from spirit tracks which is kind of like this nightmarish uh area i guess it's where the final battle takes place and like it's actually pretty it's pretty fun you're you're on uh you're on tracks and you're fighting demon train it's it's kind of neat uh, again not really like a uh a creepy area per se but it's like it feels like cosmic so mm -hmm. that that probably deserves a little bit of a shout out as well um, so yeah, there it is, our definitive list of the scariest dungeons in the Zelda series. I'm pretty, I, I think that this list turned out uh, pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested to see if uh, people have different thoughts or ideas or things that would move these around. But overall, I feel like this is, this is pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only thing scarier than these dungeons is playing Triforce Heroes all the way through single <laughs> player. Um, that is going to do it. 
for this week of the Champions Cast. We hope that everyone has a safe and fun Halloween. If you've got uh, Zelda costumes or anything, we'd love to see them. Hit us up and uh, show it to us over on Discord. That would be uh, that'd be awesome. Let us know what you think of our list. And, of course, check us out over on Twitter, at Spateri316, at Allison Leaf. And next week, we are going to be reviewing slash discussing the last batch of DLC for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. It's called Guardian of Remembrance. Is it a hit? Is it a miss? Uh, come tune in next week to find out. Until then, we want to encourage everybody to go over to Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Tell that Zelda fan in your life where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. And we will see everybody next week for some Age of Calamity. Take care. Thank you.